Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Welcome back. We will be starting this week as part of our English audio ministry, a multi-part series dealing with a challenging subject, the end times. We do believe we're living in the end times because many biblical prophecies have been fulfilled and are being fulfilled today. So it is more important now than ever to understand the reality we live today. We need to learn how to deal with it, whether it is in our own lives, that we make sure we are not part of the problem, as well as having our eyes open so we can see clearly and know how to live in these end times. We need to be ready because it will get more challenging, especially if you want to remain faithful to the Lord and go against the current of the world. So I encourage you to follow us over the next few weeks for more insight and biblical guidance. Regarding prayer this week, and since we're talking about the end times, I would like to bring to your attention the Middle East, to Israel in particular. For those of you that know some of the prophetic scriptures, you do realize that Israel is a time clock for the world. What is happening today should not be a mystery. Things will get even harder for Israel and for those that support them. The Bible teaches us that we must pray for Israel and that we must support them however we can. Even though many of them have not come to the knowledge of salvation through Jesus Christ yet, they are still God's elect. And as true followers of Christ, we must at minimum pray for their salvation, for their welfare, and that they be blessed. For it is written about the people of Israel, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That promise is still in effect today. And also, we must remember that our Messiah, Jesus Christ, came from them as well. So, let's pray for Israel and for today's message. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you. Lord God, I give you thanks for your love and for your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord, we, we pray for Israel. We pray, O Lord God, for their blessing. We pray for their protection, Lord God. We pray, O Lord, more than ever, for their salvation, that they may come to understand, Lord God, that they may come to understand that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Christ, the chosen one that they have been waiting for all along. Heavenly Father, we pray for your divine protection on them, Lord God. Please have mercy. I pray in the name of Jesus now, Lord, that you may guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you may help us to understand, Lord God. Help us to understand the times that we're living in and that we need to be ready. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, as we mentioned at the beginning, today will be the first part of a series, The End Times. Today's scripture reading is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. If you want to follow along, again, it's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. And it says like this, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into household and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, disproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. In today's passage, we see different types of characteristics that people will have in the end times, or different types of people. This passage describes rather well most people in our society today. If we go step by step, we can see them one at a time. The first type are those people that love themselves or that they are their only priority in their life. This involves an ultra disposition to selfishness. It's okay to watch out for your interests, but not at the expense of becoming an egomaniac, if you will. There are some people that are just devoted to themselves. It's all about me, 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 my desires, my will, my wants. Everything centers around them and no one else. If they have a family, for instance, they have formed that family so they are served by them. They run over others to get what they want at any cost. They are not concerned about anyone else's feelings or needs and or problems. Do you know anyone like that? I'm sure you do. We all know somebody like that. Second type of person are those that love money. Money within itself is not evil. What is wrong is to fall in love with money. Money becomes a reason for why they do everything in life. They are not too concerned about family or friends or anything else. They are willing to do whatever it takes to have someone else's dollar or pound or peso or whatever form of currency you have wherever you live. The Bible teaches that for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. There are basically people that will do anything for money. They will degrade themselves. They will sacrifice their morals and ideals. They will even sell their own mothers if they have to. Money is everything to them. We read of boasters, proud and blasphemers, which is the kind that coincide with each other, all of which center around the sin of pride. Their pride is shown through how they act. We also read about people that will be disobedient to parents. Our newer generation, for instance, pretty much runs things. They tell their parents what needs to happen. Most children control their parents as opposed to the parents raising and teaching their children. Some kids divorce their parents. Others insult and beat their parents. Some have even gotten to the point of killing their own mother and father. It can't really get any worse. We see unthankful people, basically ingrates. No matter what you do for them, they don't seem to appreciate what is being done for them. And of course, one of the ways we see this mostly is in the ingratitude towards God. God does things for people every day, whether they realize it or not. But many people either don't see what God does for them, or they take God's goodness for granted, or they don't even care how things happen. They just got what they wanted, and well, they just don't care how it happened or what it cost. All they care about is that they got what they wanted. Who likes dealing with ungrateful people? I don't think anyone does, but yet, they're everywhere as well. Unholy people. Basically, nothing is sacred to them. It's open season on everything to them. There's, there is no morality, no consideration for his right. For Basically, it's just a free-for-all for them unloving. It's pretty self-explanatory, right? These are the folks that don't care about anyone or anything. They don't have the capacity to love. 
It's just not in them. It's not within themselves. They don't even love themselves up to that point. That's how unloving they are. The unforgiving. People that feel they can do anything to anyone, but God forbid someone does something wrong to them. They're quick to point the finger, to judge, and to condemn. And they keep count and hold grudges. The slanderers. This goes hand in hand with the gossipers and the busybodies. These folks have no qualms on bad-mouthing anyone. They will wipe the floor with you if they can. It's open season on everyone's reputation as far as they're concerned. People without self-control. In this day and age, hardly anyone can wait for anything. Also, there is no real understanding of creating limits and boundaries. And of course, if they want something, they don't care how they get it. They're going to get it. The idea of abstinence and having a sound mind is clearly not in the picture. They simply have no control over themselves. There are the brutal, those that have no mercy, no contemplation for anybody else's issues. And of course, they despise good because it just gets in their way. Traitors. People you can't trust. How many times do you run into people you just can't trust? They're going to turn on you depending on the circumstances, and to protect their own self-interest. They don't care. They're only watching for number one, for themselves. The headstrong. This is another candidate for pride. There are people that will do whatever they want, and nothing is going to stop them. They are completely determined. They are fully determined to fulfill their goals, their desires, and whatever the, whatever the cost. And they feel they need to build a wall, and they have no, and they've run out of mortar, they will gladly use their own blood for the mix. That's how determined these people are in getting what they want. This is synonymous to ambition. In other words, you do anything and everything possible to ultimately accomplish what you want. And it doesn't matter who crosses you or what needs to happen. You go and you do it. These are the headstrong. And of course, we read of the haughty, which is a proud, and I think we all understand pride and what's wrong with it. Finally, we read of the lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God. There are people that live to satisfy their five senses however they can. And they don't care if what they do goes completely against the will of God. They don't care about something being sinful or wrong or even destructive. They are so concerned with having a good time that they will gladly destroy themselves for it. Here is where addiction comes into the picture, like drugs and alcohol, substance abuse, sex, and so on. Also, this includes folks that dedicate themselves to experimenting. For instance, they're looking for new sensations. It's the, let me see how this feels, or let me see what this does, or let me try this, or let me try that. And I don't know what that is, but let's try it anyway and see what happens. Their lives revolve around living a superficial and constant pursuit of a good time. And it's not that having a good time is wrong, but their issue is that their focus is on just having a good time, living for that next party or that activity, that next weekend, or whatever keeps them entertained. That's their focus. And what makes it even worse is that many of these people look like godly people. Many times it is so-called believers or even ministers and pastors and even preachers that fall into these issues. And God teaches us here that because of their very hypocritical life, 
because their intentions are evil, even though they seem like godly people, God says we should not get close to them. We should actually take distance from them. And we read that their intentions are to take advantage of people, particularly those that allow for themselves to be easy targets, because they themselves are following those things that cause destruction. These gullible women, for instance, that he's talking about are people that lead a similar lifestyle, being more drawn by evil, by succumbing to the sin that is within their lives. That why even though they expose themselves to the word, they have grown very callous. That even though they hear it, they never learn. In one way or another, they keep falling and falling, never quite getting it, always falling short. This passage tells us that these so-called believers or ministers with hidden lives resist the truth of God. Down deep inside, their minds are corrupt and their apparent faith is vain, without substance. They seem okay, but their hidden lifestyle and hypocrisy exhibit something else. But sooner or later, you will be able to see their true colors, but their fall also. And sudden destruction shall come upon them. As it is written, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. We're living in dangerous times. And we need to be vigilant, keeping close to the truth of God. We have to keep our eyes set on the Lord and on His Word, remaining in those things that produce life, and eternal blessing. Otherwise, you'll become part of the bigger group that only looks at the illusion of this very temporary world. So if you are in Christ, keep following the Lord even more closely. If by any chance you find yourself in a place that is not pleasing to God, that you are part of the group that we just read about, it is never too late to change. Despite it all, God loves you and always waits with open arms to receive those that repent and convert from their evil ways. But you need to change completely, leaving every sinful type of lifestyle behind. In the end, it's your decision on how you live your life and where you spend eternity. Ask yourself this question. What is your soul worth to you? Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your word. I give you thanks for your guidance and for your warning, Lord. You, Lord God, have taught us to be careful, to be mindful, Lord. To understand, Lord God, what surrounds us. To understand ourselves and our own weaknesses and our own evil. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, Lord, we know that we're living in bad times. And nothing's going to get better. It's only going to get rougher. Heavenly Father, help us to be able to, to keep in mind who you are, what you are, and what you want for us. And that that is much greater than what this world can give us. And that we could, what we could even want for ourselves. Help us not to be guided by our sinful nature. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to seek you out, to remain in you, Lord God, to have the understanding, Lord God, and the reasoning that you alone are God, that you alone can give us eternal life, and that what you want for us is good, 
and you want for us eternal good. Heavenly Father, I pray that you have mercy on us. And Lord God, just help us to understand. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, till next time, may God bless you.